Today, we are presenting to you an inspiring public art project in Porto, which is an example of how art can be used to engage communities, empower children, and advocate for important social issues. It is also a story of an incredible woman that was the driving force behind this unique local D4CR initiative. Happy listening. Welcome to Designing for Children's Best, a podcast about how to turn our best intentions into outstanding child experiences. Here, the 4CR members and guests, top experts from the industry, academia, and social sector, discuss principles and best practices that will help us all design better for children. I'm Paulina Lulu, and our guest today is Clara Vieira Rodriguez. Clara is a designer, entrepreneur, a mentor, design activist, and the lead of our D4CR Porto chapter. Hi, Clara. I have a huge honor to host you today, Clara, and welcome. Hi, Paulina. Thank you. The honor is all mine. I'm very excited to be here and to share a little bit of my experience here. <laughs> this is what we have the podcast for, right? This year, you organized an amazing art project, a street project. You gathered 250 children in one location and drew this huge, huge, huge message celebrating Children's Day and Children's Rights. And it was a huge celebration of um, co-creation and expressing the voices of children and family and communities. Could you please tell us more about it and how you got this beautiful idea and what was the problem that it addressed um, in the local context of Porto? So, in Porto, tendentiously in, in many cities, children have to regain their space on the streets. This event was designed to celebrate Children's Day on the 1st of June, uh, here in Portugal, we celebrated on the 1st of June. And the aim was to foster a community involvement and, and raise awareness of the importance of rights, children's rights in, mm -hmm. in the cities, in the public space, and also through design. Mm -hmm. So, as I'm a very visual person, first I had this vision of gathering a lot of children on the street, uh, writing a, a message, just drawing with chalk on the, on the street, like mm -hmm. a collaborative uh, event of design by children for children mm -hmm. who were co-designers. And it involved 250 children, as you said, of mainly between 4 and 12 years old. And along the day, children were participating. It was like a 40-meter-long sentence. What did the message say? The message was, we have rights, we design the future. In Portuguese, temos direitos, desenhamos o futuro. And it was a bold proclaim of 40 meters long. Mm -hmm. The event was divided in two days, so it was a full day. But in the morning, uh, we had... the co-design of children which were uh, on the 10th to 12th grade so around 16 years old up which are studying at the local art school Escola Soares Reis they became mm -hmm. a partner of the event 
And as they have uh, knowledge on typography and composition, and they will probably be future designers, some of them, they have a lot of knowledge in education in, in art. They were meant to draw with stencils the big sentence. Uh, and then in the afternoon, the younger children came to fill the space with color and with uh, drawings and a lot of uh, vibrancy, graphic, vibrant graphics. And in the end of the day, we had a big art piece occupying a big area of this walking street. Amazing. Did you uh, give any instructions to children, to the younger children, what to draw? Did you give them some context of what this event is about or what should they draw? Yeah, so sure. The main uh, idea of this design action and co-creation action was the inclusivity. So it was to include them and to use their voices to raise awareness. We started by contacting schools. Mm -hmm. in, in some weeks leading up to the event, we visited schools and introduced not only the association, the D4CR principles and design guide, but we also invited them to participate in this project. So mm -hmm. we said what we are going to do, if they would like to be part of it, we invited them and they were very enthusiastic of drawing on the floor, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Great opportunity. So they knew exactly what they were uh, up to. They were just totally free to draw or to write messages some as it was mm -hmm. between four and twelve, some children couldn't uh, write yet uh, mm -hmm. words, but they could make drawings. Some others wrote messages, and it was uh, a beautiful celebration of their imagination. What kind of messages? I'm curious to hear. So, so things such as uh, have the right to be heard, have the right to be able to play. Mm -hmm. Have the right to pizza. So, so. <laughs> pizza is important. important. Write some unicorns too. Unicorns, yeah, there were unicorns <laughs> and smiles and all of this. The right to be free. We are happy children. Yeah. From what you noticed, did the drawings and the sentences were connected to the theme or just at some point it turned into something else and they just flew with their imagination? Yeah. Certainly, it turned into something else as well, which was uh, nice too. Uh, the, the older children were more framed into it, and the younger were more wild on that. As, as mm -hmm. Their drawings were more free. What else did you observe during the day that you can share with us? It can be related to people, to the general atmosphere, the smell of a chalk whatever that can can help us to visualize and taste this event yeah. and the power behind it. It was not so easy to make this big, big sentence. We used a lot of chalk for the main sentence. So we decided to have the main the typographic sentence in white chalk. Mm -hmm. We had to use the traditional chalk you used to use at schools. So this small chalk. How much chalk was it well, in kilo? Well, a sponsor and this was like, it was a lot of, of boxes. I don't have the, the notion of how much, but we used a lot, a lot of chalk. That's for the listeners. It's, it's a huge sentence, big, big white letters and lots of colored drawings. You can go to the link in the episode and see there's a video and there are some pictures just to get the size and the craziness of this beautiful event and I just want to 
give some kudos to Clara. It's an incredible, incredible, incredible thing that you made happen. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of fun. I have to tell you, to be in the middle of all these children. Uh, and the, the floor was quite rough, so it was hard. It was not easy, our hands and their hands on this rough pavement. Mm -hmm. At the beginning, older children, which had to draw the sentence they were not so involved so they were teenagers and although they were art students they were not so involved teachers were more involved and we were trying to get these dynamics but at the end mm -hmm. we were totally involved wanting to cover with white all these letters and then they went to school saying hey, we did it we were the ones chosen to do this <laughs> so then they they weren't it was nice to see that that's the teenagers mm -hmm. I remember what were the challenges during that day? What did you feel that went well and what went different that you expected? Well, all in all, it went just great. We had just some stencils, so we had to adapt the, the typography instinctively. Mm -hmm. We didn't have stencils for all the letters, so we had to adapt all the other letters with the right spacing, everything, to follow mm -hmm. somehow the scheme for paper. We used a traditional method with the rope, which the 40 meters long uh, sentence had a rope from one edge to the other, that the letters were aligned. And uh, the weather, it made many faces. So there was sun, it, there was rain as well. And uh, it was supposed to be longer and they couldn't because it started to rain. So that was the only challenge actually. But the graphics uh, stayed anyway. After also after that, they after were the day, slowly fading out along the, the the days, actually the weeks, because it didn't rain that much on the following. How poetic! So it also had a tail. The event had a yes. tail. Yes, it was also interesting the intergenerational interactions. So there's a lot of old people living in the neighborhood, um, and. Mm -hmm. They they walk by this place and they were very curious about what is this. Uh, first a bit skeptical mm. and then very happy to see so many children uh, gathering there. It gave a lot of life and mm -hmm. vibrancy to the space. Life and vibrancy to the space. It's beautiful. I read on the post that you wrote that the, the goal of this project was bringing streets back to children and I'm starting crying just from thinking <laughs> about the sentence and how powerful it is and yeah and I think that events like this can really make us think and make us feel and this is the power of art right the the power of design and the magic that it can make in the world and and the impact that we can create by something that is very hard to explain you just need to make it. Yeah, to make it happen and observe it. It's I, I really believe children need mm -hmm. to regain their place and increase their social impact because they are incredible social beings and creative beings and citizens. They are equal to me and you and they, they have a set of rights and the right to, to play and the right to use the street and the urban space and I used to play a lot on the street, my parents even more. So children are losing, uh, in the generations, are losing the right to the urban space and to the streets. The streets are overloaded with cars. Cars mm -hmm. take a big uh, area of mobility. 
And this event was also a celebration of a place where it's still a walking place, although it has a, somehow intentionally, you see in the image, there's a big contrast between green area and the parking and the sentence mm -hmm. in the middle. And you, I could fit in more than 250 children in this area. And if you think of how many cars you have in the parking lot, you don't fit so many children in the, in the cars. It's mainly, mostly one person per car, the calculations. Mm -hmm. And it's really important that children know how to use the street, that they can communicate and that they can be seen on the streets because they are the life of a city. A city without children is a... Yes. Yeah, and we as a community need to take responsibility to design spaces that allow this uh, presence of children and place for them to play and to, uh, and be to express space. themselves totally. Uh, it's it's about inclusion and the empowerment. It's about uh, to utilize the community and to call attention to the need of having more children outside, of having a city designed for and with children. Uh, not just a small um, playground area with the swing and the, the traditional parent-oriented uh, playground, but a place for children mm -hmm. to explore and open-ended solutions for them to have in the city and to have um, mm -hmm. more space for them to save and to play out outdoors because the tendency of children playing indoors is more and more devices, uh, to interact with mm -hmm. devices. And the mobility and their bodies need movement. They're already enough time on school sitting on a chair and the desk, and they need these places in the city. Absolutely, I'm so with you. So, how would you how would you summarize the the impact of this intervention? Is there something else that you'd like to add um, about the impact on the community, on the public, on how it was received by the media and uh, were there any other um, things that happened after the event? So after this, the, 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 there's there a layer of social cohesion and community building in this, in this event. And I think this event was uh, a potentiator of other events which came afterwards and so social gatherings in that space. Um, the day actually more drawings were appeared, so I didn't have any more the chalks available there, but more drawings were mm -hmm. spread around the, the playground and some other areas here. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, I believe this this section well, it, it was an action designed for social and environmental improvement as well. Not it's mm -hmm. to call attention to children's rights and to um, use their voices to communicate their rights, their right to participation, their right to expression, their right to, to the streets, uh, and also to shift the power of dynamics within society. Uh, I believe in the role of designers in addressing social uh, change and challenges. Incredible. Incredible. Um... Could you explain more about design activism? I wasn't aware of this. So could you please tell us what it is and what does design activists do? And were there other projects that you um, got inspirations from? Yeah, I think design is never neutral. Uh, it's a strongly oriented discipline. 
design, I believe. And um, design is an action for social and environmental change and improvement. Um, and it carries certain political responses or goals. Uh, in this context, it was related to issues of, of, of inclusivity and, and, and the power distribution. And the role of design is to address global challenges more and more. So we are in this, in this world post-normal. I love it. So we're talking of design as a tool for transformation and impact and a better world and not just making something beautiful or easier or more functional. I yes, I, I also believe as designers, as agents of change. So in a way, we have this power to amplify the future and to shape the world um, and the potential for a better tomorrow. And when we include children, we make them co-designers and co-agents of the future that they will live in. Yeah. So it's so natural yeah, when you think. Present, and this is what we have to embrace because we are building the future with them, but they are the present and the importance of their rights uh, through participation uh, in designing the cities we live in. So um, it's... It's, it's very important to, to associate uh, children and discuss their rights and to hear their voices because they are stakeholders in the process. And we can learn a lot from them mm -hmm. instead of doing this top-down approach of designing, imposing design to children. We have to hear them and make them part mm -hmm. of the design process and give them the, 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 the empowerment to make decisions along the design process. Because just mm -hmm. they are the, the experts of their worlds. So just by co-designing yes. with them, we can do better. They are the experts of their worlds. This is a sentence that we need to put on our walls and <laughs> just see it as a mantra. You know, Clara, that your story and this intervention is so powerful because I look at you and I see one person I can feel, I don't know if the, our listeners can feel it too, but I can feel the energy that, that you have. And this is something that is so strong inside you. Could you please tell us how you do this, how you bring ideas to life and how can we take our ideas from the heart and make them a reality? Yes. So I think big power relies on collaboration. So if you find the right people to collaborate, uh, you can reach higher uh, places and do bigger uh, things. And I had the luck to have the help of not only friends with whom I discussed idea in an informal way, but I also had two students in the D4CR Porto chapter, two international students from Marseille, helping me in setting up the event. I had this idea and it was really a big, huge idea to bring to life. I didn't know how to do it. I had a big will to do it, but I had to connect a lot of different dots to make it happen. And it was like a process which involved not only bureaucratic issues, but also human uh, participation. Of I've built a strategy. So you also need to build a creative strategy in a way to how could I get the children involved? From where could I get the children? And I went through the... So it's have the idea and believe in the potential of its realization. And then make a strategy. And tell the world about it <laughs> so the people could know and join you in this in this venture 
yes, it's a bit of a reverse design. So you have this idea, you want to, to design something which will also have a, a social impact. You don't know what will be the outcome. So it was an event which had a lot of improvisation as well. And although I had more or less the parameters of the end result, this was a subjective build of something together. And so uh, I did a bit of a reverse designing. I, uh, this was the goal. How can I make it happen? And I made it through mm -hmm. collaborations. And this is how we got the workforce involved. So our co-designers, how, how could we reach? In the beginning, I didn't know how to reach these this co-designers. So I've built a partnership with the local public art school, which would help me design the sentence itself. So the framework where then younger children would participate. Then I've contacted a lot of private schools. It was not easy, not so easy to address the public school as they have very defined calendars. Um, so we went to some schools to present the D4CR and the, the, this idea. So this is the force I was talking about, the powers of knowing what you need and persisting and telling everyone, onboarding people and institutions <laughs> to serve the local context. Yes. I think that if there are people from other chapters or from other places in the world that want to influence and make impact in their local context, just find the idea that you think will help people and then make it contagious. Tell about what you want to create and inspire others and make them feel the tickling of the... <laughs> and make them want to join you. And yeah, and if Clara can do it, then... We all can do yes, this as totally. well. Uh, it was really contagious. When I was starting to tell the idea, people got immediately involved. Then there were a lot of different issues, like we need a chunk, we need the help of the local authorities, so we need authorization to make this happen. We can just go there and occupy the public space. No, we wouldn't, it wouldn't be safe for children. All the bureaucratic procedures, all the, the material, the chunk, so it was also uh, quite hard to get this into place, the sponsorship for the chalk, which was a lot, a lot of chalk, to get the workforce. We had to be very methodic in organizing this event to make it happen, to lead it up till the day, to the day of the, of the event. Beautiful. Yeah, children are really inspiring. When I've presented this in, in the school, and I, I, I can remember the smaller ones, so I had an audience of four to five years old, and then uh, six to seven. Um, the four years old, it was amazing how they, the questions they made. So we made a presentation, a keynote, and we we talked about their rights, and we made the game with them. What is a right? What is a nice to have? Is it a right to have a tablet? Oh, that that's interesting. What did the kids say? What rights did they needed or told you about? We just told them a little bit about this, about the rights, and made this this game. And they were asking, "Do I have the right to draw, or do I have the right to hmm. dance?" So about expression. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> I love I love how how kids, especially the young ones, they're so verbal and vocative about. Uh, their thinking processes so you, you give them one thing and then they just don't they, they don't take it for granted they start thinking about it and comparing it to other mental models they have in their head already 
uh, and challenging us. Like, why why did you choose this ten? Why what? Why this and not the other? Why tablet is not the right? <laughs> Actually, we all wanted a tablet. They thought it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. They are incredible agents of of, of critical agents and, and social agents. Mm. And it was also a, um, an intention to incentivize drawing and expression for sure. And we were involving mm -hmm. children which didn't have yet the capability to write sentences or to write words, even words. So their form of communication was drawings. They still can communicate. Like the youngest yeah. one, when I taught my kids a silent language, and it's amazing how a six-month-old can tell you that he's hungry or he's thirsty. So the fact that he doesn't have words yet doesn't mean that he cannot communicate. It's us that we are lacking the, the ability to understand them because we're not trained and we're not observing enough. Totally, we are biased, yeah, totally. So it's a both-way ticket. We need to both see how can we communicate better. There's I, I, there's literature, literature review reported that younger children younger than seven years old are rarely involved in participatory uh, action projects. And it's really amazing how you say that the a child from the day it's born can communicate, saying that it's hungry, or, yeah, as, as mothers we know that. And we just need to stop and listen and observe our children. That's, that's the point here and the point in society. So to give them a space where they can express and we can uh, observe and analyze that. And this was the space they had for that big canvas where they could imprint somehow by drawing a chalk their messages, their feelings, their uh, enthusiasm, mm -hmm. and somehow influence and transform society in their way. Could you please open up what co-creation means to you? Yeah, so uh, about participatory methodologies such as co-creation or co-design are forms of, of participatory design, uh, social design and other design approaches that encourage participation. It means con or with and uh, it's about designing with others not only designing for others it stands for mm -hmm. an approach where the people or stakeholders are part take part and responsibility on the design process on how a product or service is designed mm -hmm. so beyond helping guiding the design process they improve the chances of a design outcome to be effective um, it's about inclusion inclusion and empowerment and it's a more democratic, open design process approach. And it normally generates new values rather than concentrating it in the hands of authorities and a few designers. It, also, it requires a new skill set and a particular way of thinking. So there is a, a deeper conceptual foundation mindset compared to the traditional approaches. How do you co-design with children, especially with the young ones that don't have, um, that are different and cannot articulate themselves the way that adults can? So one, one important thing to address is to use materials they are comfortable with. So you need to be, as an adult, in the, at the same level as they are in prototyping or in co-creating or in co-designing. So you, you, you tend to use materials they are familiar with, such as papers or chalk, or in this case, or cardboard, mm -hmm. so uh, materials they normally use in their expression. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, so that's one of the, of the parameters of the co-design. Also, you need to be enough neutral, not impose them, uh, uh, and let them free, uh, be free to, to explore the subject. Mm-hmm. And also have established the communication. Yes. It's important also with adults, but from my experience with children, it's even more crucial. Yes, you, somehow you guide them, you invite them to, to, to participate, or you, 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 you try to trigger somehow the, the, the issue, but you can't impose it. So it's, as a co-designer, as, as the word means, it's a, co, it's a collaboration. So it's the same level as a designer. It's not a, a designer imposing children to design, no, it's co-designing with them. So it's a very um, democratic process. So it might have a lot of deviation. The children might not feel like like doing it. Or they feel like doing something else. And you try to guide it in the way you need the outcome to be. Do you have any advice how to co-design with children in, in a more effective way? Or how people that have no experience of co-designing with children and with other stakeholders that are around children, like educators, parents, and all together, how to gain this confidence to make the first one? What do they need for starting? Empathy, respect, and the the right space for children to feel comfortable. I think that's the main to to, to start, yeah. And, And this is like the same with the whole general idea of this episode. Just start, just do something. Doing something is much better than not doing at all. You cannot get wrong. Just <laughs> the only wrong outcome is not doing it. Totally, yeah. totally agree. Yeah, just kick off. So to wrap it up, from all these beautiful things that we spoke about, what would be the one thing you want to be remembered or an action that you'd like people to take after listening to us. Yeah, the importance of children's best interests, their rights through participation in designing the cities, the spaces, the interfaces, the products, the services they interact with. Children are very inclusive. So when you design for and with children, you're designing with inclusivity, thinking of all the others. Uh, and children are uh, complete beings with a specific set of rights, capable to decide on subjects which affect or impact their lives. Adults have to listen mm-hmm. to that and learn with that and recognize the potential and capacity of design as a tool for social and environmental progress. Mm-hmm. Yes, and if you're listening to us and you have an idea for a project that can help these ideas to spread into the world, just make it happen. Don't wait. And yeah, and things will come along. Yes, <laughs> the universe conspires. <laughs> the universe will make it happen. <laughs> this is real, people. Yeah, yeah. I have my, yeah. my my daily work, the studio, and so I actually I was almost quitting this idea because it seemed very way too big. And suddenly I receive an email of two interns who want to be part of the V4CR, and the universe called you. The the universe serendipity yeah. and. The spirit of children, childhood. It was contagious. I was giving, telling them, okay, I have this idea if you want to come and make it happen because they just had two months to come to Porto. And okay, they were very enthusiastic about the idea, the project. I love the lightness of this, of this whole, like when you have the glue of uh, children's benefits, 
then everything comes together and you can overcome everything. When you have the goal, when you see the impact already happened, like as it's something that must happen. So please don't wait. Just face the way by walking. Also, so mm-hmm. yeah, just need to keep walking. And... Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. This was very inspiring and I can't wait for the next project and see how other uh, collaborations will arise. So thank you for listening. This was Designing for Children's Best podcast. I'm Paulina Lulo. This podcast is created by the members of D4CR, Designing for Children's Rights, Nonprofit Association. If you are designing for children, please see our completely free resources and guides at childrensdesignguide.org. There are some links in the uh, episode description, and there is a video to this event and some pictures so you can feel the energy of it. And please help us spread the message and the podcast. Share this with a person that you think can uh, put it to good use. And we'll be back soon with more great content for you. Bye-bye. children's best.